Uh, hello and welcome back to the Comic Books Matter podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, and with me for this episode is another great guest. Uh, she's Majima Stan, a consumer of himbos, a passionate about the Ants movie, and one of the great writers on Uppercut Crit. It's Monty Villas. And Monty, I just realized I did not ask how to pronounce your last name right. You're, you're, you did great, hon. Okay, great. Trust me, this is better than my other last name, which is shortened of my nickname, Monty. You're doing good. Okay, thank I'm glad. I'm glad I got it right. <laughs> Monty, how are you today? I'm, I'm good. We're, we're starting to go off before recording, and I'm glad we were able to contain that. But no, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I'm re-watching Heroes with my roommate, and that's been an experience. Um, I'm horny for everyone on that show, which is amazing. It's been good for my head. I, uh, I yeah. remember when that show first came out because like it was a big deal for me because I'm like ah oh, this is a different thing about superheroes I'm gonna watch it and it's, it's so good it's it holds up extremely well I thought because I, I watched a little bit of it like a few years ago just to rewatch a bit I'm excited to hear your thoughts when you get further past season one <laughs> like I, I I remember watching it but I forgot so much shit mm-hmm. like with I mean spoiler like the fucking series is out for like 12 years but you know um like the little kid like having like superpowers mm-hmm. with like the fucking houdini dad and like the like like multi like personality like mom like and him like controlling electricity like i fucking forgot about that and that was really fucking sick i just got to that episode um yeah it's 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 been a ride and it you're right it does hold up really fucking well there are some jokes that are very like 2007 where she's yeah like, okay, this is like very corny but um i'm having a good time with it uh zachary quino is still a very beautiful man um he's so creepy in that show too he's so creepy but like like i'm into it like oh yeah for sure like it's so oh anyway like it, i'm just really happy to be watching it again because it like reminds me of like going to the library and like being really excited about the show because i would rent it from the library i didn't Mm -hmm. watch it from like tv because i didn't have cable um and then i found other like you know fucking graphic novels of it too so me and my brother would read them and it's just like bringing me back to that space and i'm just like that was a cute time yeah i I, the thing is like everybody like like talks crap about the second season because of the writer strike and stuff so like things went weird with that season Mm -hmm. i really enjoy season two a lot it's very different but i enjoy it a lot uh Uh reason i stopped liking it i i don't remember season two i'm gonna be honest with you i'm gonna remember what you said and take it in but like i don't remember hating the show so it must have been good on my end yeah um my roommates really into it right now they've been watching with me all day I'm glad. I, and if you, I'm assuming you're going to just finish it also, you're probably going to get to like the weird reboot sequel thing that they did not too long ago. They did a reboot thing? They did. It's not Let really me a, fucking look this up. It's not, a, it's not really a reboot. It's like a, it's a sequel, but it felt like they were trying to like refresh people's memories of what Heroes was and maybe get a new series. He, was it Heroes Reborn? Yeah, it was, it was a huge deal and I don't think it did anything. Yeah, it said no to season two. <laughs> oh the cast is amazing but that's unfortunate yeah i mean it brought back glasses dad it brought back yeah it brought back a few players Uh, i think i think hayden panettiere was too famous yeah she she got her like nashville show and that was like really fucking good for the white people and she was making good money so it's fine it's all about the yeehaw shows (laughs) definitely um so 
uh, we usually talk about a certain comic book for the guests that they love. Uh, and I know you brought to me uh, just a few, uh, like an hour ago, that you mm-hmm. want to talk about Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Before we talk about Scott Pilgrim, I want to know kind of like how you found comic books and then mm-hmm. how kind of like you went to finding Scott Pilgrim. And I don't know if they go hand in hand at all, but I'm just curious how that path went. Yeah, it's it's wonky, um, cause like, I I I get really fixated on shit, um, like, in like a chunks of months, and then I kind of drop it because you know perfectionism, and if we're mm-hmm. not good at it right away, or know about everything right away, then it's just like, nah, I can just throw it out. Mm-hmm. Um, with comic books, I remember in middle school, um there was this like now thinking back this this kid was like not a cool kid um he was like really shitty but uh and he still is i i like facebook stalked him the other day um and he like brought over like some comics about carnage uh-huh. and i like thought like the book cover was really cool because it was like metallic yeah. and like shiny and I was, like, really into it. I was, like, okay, cool. So I, like, read it, and I didn't know what number it was, but it was really cool, and I didn't know that there were, like, other universes to Spider-Man and, like, yeah. other people kind of, like, adjacent to him because um, I think in middle school I was, like, a very big weeb. Like, I was all about manga. I was all about anime, you know, like, a lot of, like, Harajuku fashion shit. Like, I was, like, the weeb. Um, and that kind of, like, started it. Because shortly after, I think in ninth grade, uh, when I stepped into high school, Rhode Island was doing their first Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And they had people selling a whole bunch of comic books. And a lot of the early 2000s stuff was like for 50 cents. Because I guess there was like a, a, a big boom in them and it, they became very invaluable um yeah it's one of those things where like people are like this will make this will be important later on so they print a lot of it and mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> then it becomes unimportant because you printed a lot of it mm-hmm. oh my god yeah it was just like they were just selling them by the bunches and um yeah and that's like i was going to talk about this one um beforehand but like i can't find the exact issue which is going to annoy me i know it's at my mom's house but i'm not going to make her look for it um but there was this one comic about, it was like a holiday, it was a holiday issue for Spider-Man. And it was just Peter Parker needing a night by himself and just going through the city and like thinking back about Uncle Ben and like where he started from high school to like how old he was then. And like just thinking about the growth that he's had. And it was like a very, very like coming to age and like very like powerful issue Mm -hmm. nothing happened he was just swinging away in new york city on a snowy christmas like eve nothing serious happened there were no fights and that's what's gonna annoy the shit out of me that i can't find it (laughs) um but yeah so then after high school it would just be in and out um and it's it's a very funky relationship but after high school i think it was two years in um, I was working at the mall and I was at Newberry Comics and I saw Scott Pilgrim stuff and I was really, I really liked the art and I found out that the same guy who did Scott Pilgrim did Seconds and mm-hmm. um, did you read Seconds at all? I didn't read Seconds but I had everybody talk to me about Seconds. Jesse, it's so good. <laughs> um, it's so 
Hazel is me. Hazel looks like me. I'm going to sue Ryan O'Malley. Um, and it's, I, I didn't know that. So like the art styles looked exactly the same. So it stuck out to me. And that's how I kind of found out about it. And then the movie is out. They have the video game. And I was just all about the series. The series mm-hmm. is very much different from anything I've read. There's definitely some problematic touches. Um, but yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of the timeline. And when it comes to Scott Pilgrim, it's been a long time since I've read Scott Pilgrim because I read it when I was in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, and so it had to be at least 2012 was around the time. I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me make sure my timelines are correct. Was Scott Pilgrim even out in 2012? I don't know. I read it like after high school and I forget the years. Those years are like not real to me. Time yeah. is not real anyway. Yeah, time time is an imaginary thing. Yeah. It's well, the movie was out in 2010, so the books are definitely out, out around there, because I know he was finishing them up around the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember reading it, and I was such a idiot boy, <laughs> is the best way to describe me in high school at any point, mm-hmm. that I didn't understand um, the point, <laughs> which, is, which is funny, because the point kind of slaps you in the face in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was just like, oh, this is just a dude fighting other dudes to get a girl, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's fun. And so... I, I wish though in high school that I understood the point of the book at the time because I think I would be a better I would have been a better boy in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but as an adult, I think it itself still impacts me because it's about an adult in a lot of ways who can't let go of high school things. Mm-hmm. And I find myself every once in a while being that adult. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. Um, but for for you, wh- like, what did what does Scott Pilgrim mean for you when you read it the first time? Uh, the same shit where it's just like why is this fucking boy just like why doesn't he just give it up and then like that's the fucking point like mm-hmm. it's very hard to give up shit you know um, it was in our faces and we were saying it and we're not realizing it until we're older um, but what really stuck out to me was just kind of like how blatantly honest Ramona was mm-hmm. and at the time like I was very pushovery I was very um, kind of like a person that people would step on all the time yeah. and that's someone that I like looked up to in those comics that I read like she was like to the point where like tell people off on shit um and that's something I really appreciated and that's like I came back to it like maybe two years ago and was like oh okay literally like this is the point of the books like it's just it's very hard to let go of things and you see that a lot with, like, Scott's mannerisms and his interests and, like, also with, like, Next Chow. Like, he's dating, like, younger girls, which is a, you know, big side eye because, like, yeah. you're in your fucking 20s, bro. Uh, but it, like, plays in with, like, all of that. And it, it's such a cool fucking series. Like, mm-hmm. it, it touches on, like, stuff that was relevant at the time, um, interests. All the characters are just so fucking unique. Like, all the the quote-unquote villains the exes Uh and i think that's so fun um each one has just a really fucking crazy story and like that's something i don't really run into often sometimes in series you run into villains that like have like an okay so-so story like with sailor moon Mm -hmm. um there's some really good fucking villains but there's just some villains that are just like why yeah um and that's something that i really liked also and when it comes to Scott Pilgrim, and you've you've probably read it, reread it uh, more recently than I have, so you can tell me if I'm wrong. But I always felt like with uh, the way Brian Lee O'Malley wrote 
the the female characters and for every single one of them they were one smarter than every man in the room oh for the most part except for maybe scott's best friend like and 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 maybe it's because it it was since he was gay like he was he was like oh you you guys are just being idiots all of these men are just being idiots (laughs) um yeah and so like for that too i think it was the first comic book at least for me that i ever read where every female character was right like for the most part like (laughs) they were right about everything they were saying and they were right to be mad about everything they were completely justified and every man in that book was terrible (laughs) yeah yeah ryan really wrote this and said fuck men um i feel like that's that's definitely like a feeling that i get um with kim like the drummer Mm -hmm. um you know she was heartbroken Mm -hmm. and scott did a lot of really shitty things to her and made her feel like you know it was invalid but like she came out and was like dude like what the fuck's your problem like you know exploded on him and you're like wow like it gives you that vision of like scott's a shithead um but because he's like the protagonist well quote-unquote protagonist of the the whole book the whole series like it's hard to kind of hate him yeah um and also like like i said before with rabona like she was a figure of like standing up for yourself and not taking shit um and knives like she gets out of her whole like oh like this guy's older than me and like is so cool because he has a fucking like he plays an instrument she gets out of that and like stands up for herself um how it kind of goes is like oh i want him to be jealous but then she becomes her own person which is really cool um yeah and same thing with seconds like the woman in that book uh the women in that book are just as amazing and brian really does have a talent for that and, I, and I've heard nothing but great things about the characters of Snot Girl. I have also not read that, though, either. Oh, uh, Snot Girl? Yeah. Dude, I haven't read it, and I really should. I've been, like, behind on that, but I'm just like, uh, video games are just so much. Do I want to read more no, media? I, I get that. I read more, and I play less, so, like, it's it's a it's a give and take. Um, but what's also really kind of amazing is, like you said, like, Scott's kind of the protagonist, where he really isn't. I feel like it's more of a Ramona story than anything. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of getting just Ramona story through Scott. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also at the same time with Scott's character, it's called Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which makes you feel like the book is some kind of epic thing about a man just f- f- facing everything. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it comes down to Scott um, feeling like everybody's out to get him when literally no one is out to get him. <laughs> yeah like he has everything handed to him except the things that he wants that he can't have and then that makes him mad about everything exactly and that like relates to kind of like the real world where a lot of like these you know little like nerdy quote-unquote soft boys um that say they care about you and want you so bad but like if you can't get it then it's like everyone against them and yeah this this the series just plays a lot with like real life stuff in a very colorful and fun way but like it doesn't hit you in the face when you're younger reading it because you haven't really dealt with these problems yet not saying that like younger kids don't go through this shit because they go through a lot but like you start to realize after you've been through that and experienced it you read it again as an adult you're just like ooh, dude scott's a bitch yeah and honestly like growing up i was that soft boy and i was like and I like I would have to be honest about it. Like when I read it, I'm like, yeah, Scott's cool." Uh, <laughs> and, I'm and so sorry, Jesse. I'm not trying to like roast you. <laughs> no, but I'm roasting myself because that's the point. Because now as an adult, I'm like, he's not cool, and I should have known that. <laughs> but but when you're in that perspective, you do think you're the hero of your own story, and you don't realize who you're hurting along the way to get that thing that's supposedly unattainable. 
Yeah, and, like, this was around this conversation of, like, 500 days of summer, like, you know, everyone's out to get him, like, he can't get what he wants, and everyone's terrible because of it, everyone who's against it, everyone who doesn't believe in him is, is bad, summer's terrible for not wanting, like, and people believed it, people believed that, like, summer was a bitch, you mm-hmm. know, when my friends as teenagers watched it, um, but then as an adult, you're just like, no, he's a baby. it's just like, you don't own this fucking girl like calm yeah. down and then he it's a cycle again with like the girl autumn that he meets at you know mm-hmm. in the movie so yeah it just it just plays with a lot that you don't realize and it, i i think everyone who has read it when they were younger because i mean everyone my age read it when they were in high school mm-hmm. um i don't know if anyone gave it a reread i know the movie's a lot easier to watch you realize how much of a shithead he is in the movies but it gets so much more bad in the books and not yeah. saying that like the whole books are like bad and and like awful to read. No, it's just like it opens up a lot more like third eyes. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh shit, this is so bad. Like he was such a terrible person. Yeah, because they have they have the opportunity, thankfully, with compass to get darker than you can in a PG thirteen movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's funny, I think, about Scott Pilgrim, and I think I, I honestly think this is the point that he was trying to make, is there's so many hero stories. I mean, the term fridging comes up in comic books all the time because that was the thing. You kill the girlfriend and make the male hero mad. And in a lot of narratives in general, it's usually the girl that portrays the guy, and the guy is justified always in this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it is the first story where like that's technically what happens to scott but scott's the one being the jerk and but if you read it as a kid you see it like the normal way but you read it as an adult you see oh no scott's just being the one wrong here the whole time yeah yeah and like you see that he's not seeing it like Mm -hmm. he's not learning it's just like well i'm doing like the best that i can or like well it's not like that and it's like again things that you hear from these exact same kind of like people who portray this character Mm -hmm. um which is fucking like triggering as shit because i've like dated guys who are just like this and it's it's just crazy this book is like too relatable and like Mm -hmm. that's why i wanted to talk about it with you because like it's just how wild like real life this this book is but at the same time the series is so like you know it's fantasy it's not real it's fictional um you know these big fights they don't happen um but it's just so relatable at the same time yeah and the thing that i kind of worry about in the long term of the book and um i don't know did you ever read fight club no i did not but tell me about it um i I I worry it's gonna get the fight club treatment in like the next 10 years but i'm hoping people like us make sure it doesn't because it's very easy that people uh and by people i mean idiot boys um will get the wrong message from the book and just keep touting that that's the actual message because uh, you get a lot of people talking about fight club and how fight club's like oh yeah it's about being a man about being a bro <laughs> and, like that's the mm-hmm. point and the movie kind of totes that a bit harder or a bit more about being like honest with yourself but the writer was writing it as about a gay guy trying to come to terms with what masculinity was supposed to be mm-hmm. and how toxic masculinity actually is and especially as a gay or queer man c- trying to come out Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a lot of metaphor, but that's the point of the book, but it just gets lost, especially with the movie. And that's why I worry about like the new, like Scott Pilgrim having a movie that uh-huh. doesn't deliver fully on everything. Like you worry that in the long run, people will just lose the messaging that's supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like what you told me, like with the news of like, you know, the game possibly coming back with, you know, 
quirky branding and emoji using which I again like I told you like I really wish we just had straight to the point branding again mm -hmm. um community managers do so much social media managers do so much but like oh, I, I, I just I get so scared that like I'm gonna complain about a product like and I'm like very very hurt that I'm just gonna get back like hmm, well, maybe you shouldn't have done this, like, in, a, like, a quirky and, like, passive-aggressive way, because it's funny. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm so over that. So, like, any, anything related to that, I'm just, like, stop, and I'm being an old man about it. But, um, I feel like with the game coming back, because I remember when the game was out, everyone loved it. I loved it. That game was really cool, and the music was really fun. Um, yeah, like you said, it, I, I feel like it's going to get lost in translation of like what's going on. It's going to be another 500 days of summer uh, for you, like Fight Club, for stuff like Rick and Morty. Like it, it's going to get yeah. lost and it's it, people are going to look up to this guy like, oh, yeah, he's fighting for his girl because he wants her so much. And it's like, no, this guy's a fucking idiot. He's 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 bad. He's just mm -hmm. a bad guy and he's a jerk. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm I'm scared of with this this sequel like immediately i my thoughts went to that if it's gonna come out again i'm gonna see all the posts and i'm just gonna be like i want people to talk shit about scott mm -hmm. i want to live for that that's gonna be my lifeblood around that time when it comes out again and yeah i, I can't wait because i'm just gonna be sipping on scott hating juice the whole time yeah and that, and, and that comes back to something too that you kind of mentioned earlier and i want to dive a bit more into but the idea that people put blinders on things that they like is a real issue is especially an issue for me because I, I like things a lot and I try, mm -hmm. <laughs> I try my hardest to keep how much I like things in check with a critique of things mm -hmm. because I can get very defensive and I, that's not a good thing if someone's just honestly being critical about something I shouldn't be defensive about it mm -hmm. people should be allowed to be critical mm -hmm. and you said like the, some of the stuff in the book ends up being problematic now and I'm curious how when you hit like if you are going to offer it to a new friend how do you present those problematic things um i always like with heroes also like I, I told my roommate like hey this is like a series from the 2000s and there was like oh okay yeah 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 i think when we put that out like this book series came out in the 2000s and some of its humor is kind of like eh, like there's like you know alcohol sexual tension in the book and mm -hmm. like you know, some wording that's, like, really not used anymore because we're more socially conscious about it. Um, I always put out, like, hey, this book came out in the 2000s. There's some weird shit on it, but I think other tones that they touch are really fun. The artwork is really good, and it's something that I enjoy. Um, but if a person says, like, hey, like, I couldn't really handle the humor because it wasn't my thing, um, I just got to be like, okay. I mean... Mm -hmm. Like, in your head, you're like, yeah, I wish they would like it too, but it happens, and we all kind of have to get over it, like, especially with music. Now, especially, there's so many, like, problematic people. Um, people are just not going to like things, and people want to come and defend them, but it's just, like, you have to relate. Like, there's reasons why people don't like them, and you just kind of have to accept it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm you have a lot of patience, Jesse. I don't. Like, <laughs> if, if someone, like, comes after, like, let's say like unfinished swan i'm just gonna be feral about it honestly <laughs> um but like i i in the end like i would understand like yeah this game is very buggy and this game like there's the, the pacing could be a lot better um but yeah it's 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 very like 
depends on the person. If this is someone that like I super respect, I'm not really close to, mm-hmm. um, I will let them know. And like, if they don't like it, they won't. But let's say like Caitlin or Jess like came to me and were like, I don't really like this. I'd be like, well, you know, fuck you then. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me tell you why you're wrong in a five point essay. <laughs> yeah. So like, it, it kind of depends on the person. I've kind of realized as I was talking, like, wait, I wouldn't really say that to Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Um, I would literally just tell him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think that's a really interesting thing when it comes to really being passionate about things you love because there's such a fine line between like being like an awesome fan and just loving the things for what it, they are and then just just denying that it's bad in a lot of ways. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's so many things that I love, especially loved growing up, that I know are awful now. Like like what? I want to know. Like, I'll tell well, you something well, that I like that's like really problematic. I think we talked about it in the Discord at some point, but we were ta- or maybe it was during one of the streams, but we were talking about Master of Disguise. Oh my god. Oh that was, my god. <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite movie growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forced all my friends to watch it, I think, on like my 16th birthday party. Oh my god. I thought it was the funniest thing. And now there's parts of the movie that are still really funny to me as like someone who likes impressions, but at the yeah. same time, I'm like, ooh. Ooh, that's real bad. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, you hear a joke and you literally like have to like suck in your teeth, like, ooh, like, like yeah, yeah. Like it's really dumb and it's really kind of like pushing the wrong narratives a lot of ways mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no i there there are some movies that i really like that are really bad now i know um i talked about it in the discord before i think you might have been like in part of the conversation but like my favorite movie in the whole wide world is balls of fury mm-hmm. and that movie is very very problematic would yeah. i suggest that to anyone fuck no that movie <laughs> is so bad um i will understand why people will hate it um it's 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 not a good movie but i watched it at a time that was like very like special to me it was around that time i told you with like mm-hmm. going to the library and renting stuff and like me and my mom and my brother at the time mind you i was like 13 um we laughed at it because we thought it was funny i'll watch it now and be like oh i don't like that <laughs> yeah but like you like there are some parts that make me genuinely laugh and, um, and mm-hmm. i think with comedies too comedies are the hardest to age well <sighs> unless they're satire fully like they're very hard to age well it's 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 bad like coming to america is really good funny movie but like there's some shit in that's like not okay <laughs> yeah I, I i watched recently like recently like the last five years probably i watched blazing saddles for the first time everybody talks about how that's the movie that can't be made today uh-huh. but I'm watching i'm like no the reason like this movie is like not it's not fine in a lot of ways but mm-hmm. the reason it works still is because it's satire it's satire on the whole idea of this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that's why they say these terrible things because these are terrible people <laughs> yeah exactly and so exactly. like i think satire to that level can work but if you're being playing it so straight like stuff like in ace ventura like the first one mm-hmm. like that stuff's played straight mm-hmm. and that's why it doesn't age well <laughs> yeah and like you know like with recent like recent comedies still do this bullshit oh, yeah. too like what is it like fucking adam sandler made like jack and jill like where he's in like a fat suit and mm-hmm. like it's also like dressing like a woman like you can't do that like it's that's bad that doesn't mm-hmm. that makes like people who, who have this experience of like being m to f and also like you know overweight and not like the ideal image like look like a joke 
Yeah, um, and, that, and that's like the stuff with like Thor and uh, and uh, Endgame was like problematic in a way because it was like this is the punchline that people like this exist, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. those people. Like yeah, with Endgame, where it's just like, oh, haha, like he's fat now, and it's just like, okay, like what are you trying to say, bitch? Like you couldn't really do anything else. Like you could have maybe, uh, I don't know. It's just. I am movies, man. Yeah, it's media. <laughs> but like, that's the thing about the book too. I'm, I'm like, I know that like some of it's jokes, but I'm wondering if some of the plot stuff too that's problematic. If like, if it's intentional to be problematic in a way, like, how far does that line go to? And I always have to debate that with books because like, I always go back to like white writers who write the N word because they're writing a racist character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I get it, but. Does it have to be in here a thousand times? Yeah, it's just like, dude, like at this point, you just like writing that word. Like, yeah, mm, it, <laughs> yeah it's it's something. I know things that I like really don't like is the whole Knives Chow and Scott relationship at the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. Like, if my friend, like I'm 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 23 now, which is like still baby age for some people. I mm-hmm. get it. Um, but like if I had any of my 23 year old friends say that like they were dating fucking a 16 year old, like I would fucking fight them. Mm-hmm. Like not as like, you know, like, Oh dude, you really shouldn't do that. And like, have like a like text fight. No, like I would fucking punch them in the face. Like, are you fucking stupid? Like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? Um, and it's touched upon a couple times in the book. Um, and it's still very weird to me because yeah. I know a lot of girls like me, uh, especially like we've had that experience and it was really fucked up for us. And like you can see it in Knives. Like it does show like this this relationship was on purpose. It shows that it fucked up Knives and mm-hmm. like her way of thinking and how she sees herself. And that's a really real experience that girls have. But I'm still really like just really off put with like okay maybe we could have had more characters talk about it more maybe scott should have been punched in the face for it mm-hmm. um that's something that like i i really didn't like how it was executed and i can totally say that if someone like points it out like oh yeah that's that's something i'm not gonna fight on like yeah fuck no and, and what's funny about knives too that not not funny but like interesting about knives and the plot development with knives is he turns knives into that stereotypical Asian girlfriend that <laughs> soft nerd boys want so badly. Oh my dude, if you fucking lived in Boston, yeah. right? You go to Austin, like near BU, and that's all you fucking see. You see like these skinny linky, like you know, like quote unquote soft white boys who like go to Berkeley College of Music and they all have like this this like Asian girlfriend because that's what they go for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that in the book you you see like you know she starts like dyeing her hair yeah and, that's what like, i was thinking about it's like mm-hmm. especially in the movie when they they make it like stereotypical asian has one strip dyed mm-hmm. and that's like like no like i why why go to that route um mm-hmm. but like I, I think eight like i think it's in brian o'malley's like uh lane i think he's also asian he's a person of color yeah um but like it, it, it's it's I think it was put on there on purpose because you see that. And like, I, like I told you, I fucking see that in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it makes me so mad because it's like such a true thing. And it's so weird. And especially with younger girls who like come here and like, 
when you're grown up as like a person of color, especially a woman of color, you don't see your worth because the pinnacle of beauty is like these pixie looking white girls or just white women in general. So like when someone white gives you that attention that you see that they give white girls, like you feel so beautiful and you feel inclined to be with them, even though they're shitty. And that's something like I think was touched upon with knives, which I think is really good. Am I happy about it? No, I'm yeah, not happy sure. about that relationship. It makes me very, very upset, but it's, it's a, it's a good story to be told because it is a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I, I think there are things that not taboo, but like can always be held done way better. But at the same time, as someone who's trying to write scenes and no, hears writers talk about it, there's times where, like, they have to admit, like, I didn't know how to write it at the time. And and that becomes a thing, too, that later on, like, you get to see them evolve, hopefully, and see them tackle the same kind of situations, but in better taste and, like, in, in more uh, careful hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but, I've, I've seen yeah. that before with Yakuza. Sorry, Jesse, if I, like, interrupt you, you let me oh, know. Oh, no, you're fine. Um with yakuza i think with the yakuza 2 with kiwami 2 um they removed a lot of the transphobic shit that was in there um which i think they like said like hey at the time this was funny but now we see how dangerous it is so they removed it all with like the kiwami version of it which i was really happy about that's cool yeah and and then you would just hope that i can't remember the developer but the people behind persona would do the same oh that's a whole discussion uh that's like a four hour long discussion but i fucking hope so god but i mean that's the thing too it's like like everybody has different backgrounds different cultures in a lot of different ways so some things are taboo in one or not taboo in the other and it's not that we like we should let things slide but it's the idea of like what is that what is that line to where like we have to be easy on them mm-hmm. versus we need to go hard and like with with the uh, stuff behind Persona, they've heard how upset a lot of people are about that stuff. So I feel like that's the point where you kind of go on in on hard. It's like, hey guys, listen, listen to the people talking to you right now. But with the accused stuff, like they learned, and I felt like people that probably people went soft on them on that, saying, hey, this isn't great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's one of the things where it has to be an escalation to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know. With Yakuza, so I was into Yakuza for a long time. I've recently gotten to Yakuza in the past year or two, mm-hmm. um, and it's been an experience. And I love the series. I love it very much. There's still a lot of problematic shit with it. Um, but with Atlas, I just I don't fucking know. Like they 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 have constant issues with transphobia, uh, both in the Persona games and in like their new Catherine game, and oh, also yeah, like. It's, 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 it's terrible, but like, they just won't listen. And I don't know. It's because they don't care because they know they're going to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and also fans like just as bad. They're just like, well, it's just a video game. It's, it's not real. And it's just like, you don't fucking get it. Like mm-hmm. you're not the butt of the joke. Yeah. But like, you see that you become the butt of the joke. If we're making fun of like six men, you understand that you see like, oh, well not all men like, oh, well now you know how it feels. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I agree with you completely with that. Yeah. When it comes to Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. um, and you talked about how Ramona kind of taught you to be more assertive and confident in a lot of ways, is there anything else you took from the story that you think you hold on to to this day? Ooh, Jesse, that's a really good question. Uh, I try. <laughs> that's a really good, good question. Um, I think for me, definitely, even though like 
you you've 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 seen me evolve like the past like couple mm-hmm. years um very mean now <laughs> um very I, I, would, I would feel more confident for sure <laughs> but, yeah, i think you feel more comfortable in the space that you get to talk in um i think it's definitely given me consideration of like other people's issues um i think the book does really well with like seeing a character and they're like obviously distressing mm-hmm. but you see scott overlooking it because he's selfish mm-hmm. um that's taught me to be more considerate into how people are feeling um but also like if someone is coming me with their problems and like i'm not ready to have that discussion or not ready to talk that i have to put a pin in it like characters are very very uncomfortable with sometimes with like scott talking about stupid shit and like being stressed about dumb stuff while they were going through so much like kim for example Mm -hmm. but wouldn't say anything until they exploded Mm -hmm. um and that's what i took away it's just like i think pinning something in the beginning like letting them know like hey like what you're saying right now like i'm i'm not in the space to like talk about this shit right now because it's coming off as very like not cool to me very like insensitive because of what i'm going through i know it's nothing personal like to you or you're not attacking me but like i can't talk about it with you and i think that's very important um yeah also just being considerate of other people's feelings like i was a very fucking toxic teenager um and that comes from like a whole bunch of shit and this isn't therapy but Mm -hmm. um it's you know i was very selfish with my own issues and just wanted to talk about myself because like i you know attention shit and you know i lost a couple friends from that and that wasn't fair for them and i should have been better so that taught me like i should be more considerate and all like with more media intake and all that stuff it's it's taught me more and more and like how to be more emotional and how to talk and it's it's I guess in the long run, like, yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the world really helped with that. And that sounds really ugly to say. I mean, but I mean, in, in the opposite way of that too, with me, it's like, I have very <laughs> vivid memories of things I wish I forget from high school where like, I was like, I'm being nice to you. Why don't you accept this? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's the Scott character. And he, he's so terrible. And now as an adult, I realized I'm, I was so terrible mm-hmm. with that kind of nice boy attitude. Mm-hmm. And I've ruined relationships that I really wish I didn't because they were good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to go back to them and try to fix them. And at this point as an adult, it's been years now. And I'm like, it's not worth dwelling on it, but I have to so I can remember the lessons from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that. It's just like, you can't really do shit about it now. Like you wish you could, but like, it wouldn't be fair for them to open up all that bad shit that, you know, I cost them. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. When it, when it uh, comes to the end of the book, too, and this has been a long time since I read, read the end, and I was completely confused by the end. I remember reading it. Um, I know there's some there's always some kind of debate if Scott learned his lesson or not at the end of the book. I don't remember how clear it is if Scott actually learned his lesson or not. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's important if he did or if he didn't? Um, uh, okay, so it's it, this is like a complicated answer. Yeah. Um, with Scott learning his lesson, if I think he learned his lesson, no. Um, because I think Brian O'Malley had a way of like talking about shitty dudes. Mm-hmm. And usually with these types, 
Jesse, like I, I've seen them and I've interacted with them. No, and I'm just going to put it in for like the not all men. Yeah, sure, whatever. But these sort of guys don't learn their lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm talking about relating to real men that I've met this way, they will yeah. continue what they're doing because they've gotten shit out of their behavior. And if people don't like their behavior, they just won't talk to them. Yeah. Um, and I see that. I don't think he learned his lesson. I, that's in my head. I, I, I wish he did. And I know some people go into the comfort of like, he learned his lesson because he was a jerk the whole time. And it gives me satisfaction that he did. And that's how all books should, and it should be happy. It should be good. He learned his lesson. I honestly don't think he did. I think he yeah. if he was a real person right now, he'd still be a shithead. Yeah, it's it's weird because like as uh, as a uh, as still um, recovering soft boy, um, there there's I, I always question like how did I learn to get out of that kind of pattern of um, niceties uh, for the sake of niceties in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and I think it was burning so many bridges that I cared about, and at the same time meeting people who explained that stuff to me mm-hmm. at a certain point. And if you don't burn those bridges or if you don't get people who will play it straight with you in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. it becomes a cycle that just repeats itself. I think, as you said, like it, it's just a snake eating its own tail in a lot of ways. And it's, it's, it's a fucking process, Jesse. Like sure. People are imperfect. And like when you're trying to unlearn this stuff, it hurts. Cause like you, you have like a, now another kind of voice in your head, like trying to fight, like, you've always done this like this is the way to react and you're just like no like shut the fuck up yeah um like i think back in 2017 the way that i've like kind of learned to unlearn my toxicity is no back in 2016 2016 2017 around that time um i was very hostile and Mm -hmm. i lost a lot of friendships that i really cared about dearly and they really cared about me and they really really tried with me they were patient with me and i was a shithead i was Mm -hmm. really fucking selfish um and it's i i think like you brought up earlier like i think reminding myself of like those times of like attempting doing what i did before and it's just like this is what happened yeah um and that's how you unlearn and that's how you get out of it and and if people talk shit about it like people will talk shit and Mm -hmm. they have every right to like we heard them i can't be upset about that because that's a that's, that's a consequence that i have to fucking face with yeah um but the best that you can do is unlearn. And I, I, I really don't think Scott learned from that. And he's not. so, um, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, Go. you're, you're totally fine. Uh, to kind of just wrap up that whole train of thought too. And to quote someone who is very problematic, but it's a very good quote. Um, Louis, Louis C.K. said this in his show. I know he's really bad, but the thing he said, I think is very important is you don't get to tell the person you hurt that it's okay. Like in a lot of, I, I miss, I know I'm misquoting it, but basically it's saying you don't get to tell them that it's over. Like the mm-hmm. people you hurt, they have to, they have to recover in a process. You can't just be like, oh yeah, we're good now. It's like, no, we're not good now until like they have healed and they think that we're good and that might not ever happen. But you don't get to tell that person that they need to get over it. Yeah, no, um, people aren't in that space of like telling people what to do um sorry i think my dog's freaking out um yeah so you don't have that space of telling people what to do especially when you heard them i agree Mm -hmm. um even even when they've like recovered and have forgiven you i think that space and like 
reminding yourself of like what you did in that guilt is still very good for you because it's keeping a barrier between you and that person. Um, I, I, I even like if someone forgives me for what they did, I know like that happened, I think a year ago with a friend of mine. Um, I still keep my distance. I mm-hmm. support them in every way. Um, but I, 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 I can't forgive myself for that. You know, yeah, I, I, I can't be comfortable with that. Like, I know some people are like, Oh yeah, we're good again. But like, I can't ever be comfortable with like hurt that I've caused. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, it becomes it's a, a process mess. on both ends. <laughs> emotions, man. Emotions are fucking crazy. And I mean, this is something that can get deeper. Um, but when it comes to like the idea of cancel culture, that's a whole different thing. But the idea that people can't understand that there's a difference between holding someone accountable and letting them, they can still grow up out of it. But also like understanding that what you said, even back then can still hurt to this day. No matter what, no matter how much of a person you've grown into be, the things of the past can still hurt. Mm-hmm. And so people always talk about, oh, I'm let it go. They were young. That's fine. If they grew up, that's totally cool. I'm glad they grew up out of it. But the people that they hurt then could still be hurting. And that's important too. Yeah. And their hurt is valid. And like, you can invalidate someone's feelings when like, you know, it's a proper hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah it's 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 such a funky subject it's like all webbings and like putting things together but in the end it's just like hey if you hurt someone you hurt someone and that's yeah that's, that's fucking your fault it's the idea that two concepts can't exist in the same space like mm-hmm. growth and hurt can still exist and you have to deal with both mm-hmm. and a lot of people can't accept one or the other and if you don't like if you kind of can't balance both within the same kind of bubble uh-huh. you'll go to one of the extremes and then you end up being an issue <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah like, oh like my either God. either the people who just destroy people for stuff that they did or people who uh tell people to let it go it's like no there's there's a space where both exist and if you can find that space you can handle these situations better and it's it's a learning process. Like yeah, I get it wrong half the time still. Oh, me too. But it's like you know, it's always like, you know, do my feelings come, you know, before or after this? Like, mm-hmm. is this appropriate? Are they kind of being weird about it? Like, is this some weird game of manipulation? Like, it's it's everywhere, and it's like a weird, it's a weird web. It's a weird web to unravel, and it's always a process. It's always depending on which person and what situation, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So moving on from Scott Pilgrim to some just quick Q&As that I'm, I'm wanting to pick your brain about. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to comic books in general, like what attracts you to a certain book? I know with Scott Pilgrim, you said it was the art and how it looked. I know with the Carnage book, you said the cover was shiny and that attracted mm-hmm. you. Um, and I know with like when I sent you like the Moon Knight books, the idea of the character attracted you to that. So is it a mix of those or is it just, is there always just something specific that you look at? So now, like, the the shiny shit still kind of applies. It'll make me touch it, but will I like it? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll know right away. But um, I think characters, really interesting backstories and characters really get to me. Um, only because, like, me being a woman of color in, like, a space that's, like, geeky and nerdy, um, seeing a character over and over again, like, I'm, I don't read comics too often, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to read about another, like, brunette man um seeking avenge for like his fallen like family member like i've read that so many times um that's why like with snot girl like you brought up i was like fuck i really need to read that because it's so cool um it had and like you know the moon knight like books that you got me like those were amazing like 
that character is so fucking cool and so weird and so funky and I, I love him even though like I do not know the difference between Marvel and DC because okay. I am a fake gamer girl um but <laughs> it's that's something that really really gets me is just the backstories like I think that's why maybe I'm wa- like rewatching heroes now mm-hmm. because each character is so fucking weird mm-hmm. and yeah yeah I think that's my answer I'm like I, I know I have a way of like branching out and keep talking but I'm oh that's fine though I, I know. <laughs> the, the next question i had again it revolves into like you kind of not knowing marvel and dc so this would be interesting is like with those two big companies because they are the top two they are the two biggest market shareholders in everything when it comes to characters that attract you to them at all what do you think they could do more of or better because i know people struggle with them just replacing characters with the characters of color like now the flash is black why does he have why does the flash have to be black why can't he be a new character uh and why why are we putting up this new character that we know it's going to die just because to be diverse and there's a whole it's a whole toxic discussion and on the negative side Hmm. but i think there's a positive side to that i would like to get your opinion of it so just like talking about like what they could do better in yeah like how how, what can you, you think they could do to kind of at, uh, diversify their rosters in a way, but do it out of respect. Not to do it kind of like as a cash grab, which I know companies more likely than not will end up doing no matter what. Like, but how does that work? Like, okay, so I know companies are doing it more and like, you're right, they're doing it as a fucking cash grab. Like, what was that character from like a couple like months ago? It was like Safe Space and and, and oh yeah like, yeah with the uh, the new warriors i wanted to fucking die like mm-hmm. really cool that we have these like non-binary characters of color i fucking love that but their names mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. what they stand for it's just that sucks it's just like i'm not gonna see these characters like yeah. these char- they're, they're they're an insult like this is how you view these people mm-hmm. like we're 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 like am i a joke to you like it's like yeah, yeah. it's it's that meme um i think what they can do better is definitely kind of put respect on queer people of color with disabilities um and like you said just killing them off kill kill the brunette white dude and yeah. like give that development for the fucking like person of color stop using torture porn on queer people people of color and people with disabilities um like the whole shit with like i know like the whole oracle stuff with like Mm -hmm. batwoman and joker i know people love that comic but it's like weird torture porn with people with disabilities and like that makes me feel weird yeah, and that and that's another one of those books that I think gets misconstrued the longer it gets away from its original um, release mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I, I think it. I mean, it, the older it gets, to the grosser it gets. Same with a lot of the other stuff that came out in that time. Um, yeah, it's just like we 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 don't need more stories for character development of like women getting raped mm-hmm. or yeah. like people losing. Like it's just it's we we don't need any of those stories, especially like you know, stories of being hurt that way and tortured and then being becoming like more vulnerable and like quote unquote useless because of it. Yeah. Um, and you see that always with like people of color, uh, women and queer and also just like disabilities. It's just, it's, it's not cool. And I think those companies need to chill on that and they can do better with that. 
And and to bounce off of that a little bit more, just to pick your brain on a few things, especially on the Marvel side, there's the thing with Miles Morales, right? Where Peter Parker in that universe dies and leaves everything to Miles. And that's a huge development for Miles. Like now he is the only Spider-Man in that universe. Mm-hmm. And eventually they bring him over and have the other Peter. But I think at that point, that really pushes Miles into his own. But then I always had issues, and I, I'm, I'm mostly over it now because I think they've done really well to expand on it. But with Iceman in the comics, they kind of just basically forced him to be gay in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Where Jean Grey read his mind, it's like, oh, you're gay. He's like, no, I'm not. Well, I read your mind, you are. It's like, okay, hold on. There's better ways to deliver this information instead of just someone reading their mind and saying you are and just outing them in front of everybody. Yeah, that and also like with no other connotations of them being gay. Yeah, like there was really nothing there at the time. Yeah, like like Overwatch also like with the whole like Tracer's gay, but it was only like because she's like cuddling up with her fucking girlfriend in this Christmas comic. Yeah, but it's not in the game. Like you would, and there's people who give cookies for it though. Like that's Mm -hmm. the problem. Like I I see also people being so excited about these Latin characters, um, but like we're always as like weird sexually tensioned fucking criminals like yeah i'm not happy about this representation bro like this mm-hmm. isn't fun and and i think there's ways to deliver it and especially there's always it becomes a problem too when you erase a character's history in a lot of ways just to make room i think that is where you get the really angry toxic fan base riled up too and there i think there's a balance between all of it but as long as money's involved it's hard to hit it <laughs> Oh, capitalism controls everything. Like, I I want to push for a better shit. I want to push for a better future. But, like, I think I have to, like, fucking fight some of these dudes. Yeah. Uh, executives. Like, just, just a little punch and maybe, but who will say? Uh, next question to move on, though, is um, I know that we've talked about in the past, uh, and you, you're very open about it, about how English is, is a struggle sometimes, and you worry about coming off wrong about how you speak. Mm-hmm. Um, which you speak better than me half the time, so I still say that to this day. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to comic books, do you think that they're extremely important because they can tell stories with words and with visuals kind of combined in such a way that it can help people cross barriers and share these stories with each other to... Because I know novels become an issue because not all of them are translated and not all comics are translated, but they still have the action scenes. I think so yeah i think visuals are a big help um i think when it comes a problem for me is english can be very overwhelming when it's Mm -hmm. really big we're like oh haha irony i'm like a fucking writer and i edit um but when it comes to comics i think at first like i didn't read so much because it was just so overwhelming it was just so much to read and like just so many like weird verbiage that i had to get used to like instead of calling this guy like whatever the fuck his name was i call him like goblin feet or like that's (laughs) like in my name that's how i have to differentiate them because those are words that i know Mm -hmm. um but i agree i think it really does help with the visuals and the words um something that my mom has been doing like it's not a comic but like she's been watching castlevania um she there is a spanish dub to it Mm -hmm. she's been watching it in english dub Mm -hmm. and like she's seeing like oh okay they talked about this dude's blonde hair and this is his name and this is what he does and she's like okay so this is this is what i'm associating with this so she's she's learning and the visuals do really help and it does help a lot of like 
Latinos. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot, a lot of Latinos love nerd culture. Like it's kind of fucking crazy how like every fucking Latino I've met has delved into nerd culture at some point in their life or still do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, but no, I, I agree. It's, I think the issue lies in like, is it overwhelming? Is it yeah. too much? Um, is the, the language in it too big? Like if there are, are too many words that like are just there to kind of try to impress me instead of trying to feed me the information and trying to like handhold me and like, this is what it is instead of like, this is what I'm going to tell you and I'm not going to explain it. That's when it becomes a problem with a lot of like ESL learners. Um, and that's something I still deal with. A lot of fucking articles I read, it's just like to impress themselves and not really, they're not there for the reader. Yeah, that always becomes, that's an issue, honestly, for me when I read books too. That I, there was a book I came across where I'm like, you just got, you were paid to write a certain amount of words. And mm-hmm. so you threw every word you knew into this book and it's not, it's not interesting anymore. Exactly. And, and, it, and it becomes hard, even as a native English speaker, it becomes harder to read the more complex you try to make something especially when it has no point. Exactly. And like, I think people are picking up more like pretentious writing is like not it anymore. You're not in college. You're not in high school. You're not trying to impress some professor to get a better Mm -hmm. grade. You're now writing for the people. You have to think about, are your readers going to understand this or not? Yeah. And And, are you hiding behind words to make your story seem more interesting? Yeah. It's just like, don't, don't, don't let your ego come into this. This is for other people. I mean, it can be for you because it's a story that you're writing, but yeah. do we need the words like, I don't know. I See, I don't fucking know big words. I don't know. Something that's a synonym for like bread. You, you yeah. have to say this fancy word for bread. Um, it's, bread yeah. doesn't need to have the word artisanal in front of it. It doesn't. <laughs> it fucking doesn't. Oh my God. But yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, last question. Uh, and this is definitely a Monty question. <laughs> Who's the uh, the most himbo like comic book character you know of? Who the fuck asked that? I did. Oh my god! <laughs> I mostly hate written you. by me. <laughs> the most himbo like comic book character. Um, I am going to probably say. Oh, this is gonna be hard. I want to say the Flash because he's like silly sometimes. Yeah. Um but I don't think so. If I'm going to base it off like street smarts, because mm-hmm. there are himbos who can be like intelligent, but yeah. just like no common sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Superman's a fucking himbo. He like oh, yeah, knows shit, but like shit will pass over his head really, really easily. Um, I think Daredevil kind of is one because he's so focused on his mission that he forgets what people are like. Oh yeah. Yeah. He like can't. Oh my God. Yeah. You're fucking right. Um, someone from like the marvel universe let's see like captain america is definitely a himbo yeah especially um, god yeah he's such a fucking himbo i'm like thinking of other people yeah dude, i don't know i think for sure my pick the most himbo guy is gonna be captain america okay from, like fair. stuff that i've seen like he's all for the people but i think he just like shit passes over his head yeah I think that maybe comes with being frozen for half a century, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess he gets a pass. I guess. Monty, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Uh, where can people find you and what would you like to like, kind of promote what you're working on? Okay, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Monty. I am an editor and write pieces and edit work over at uppercutcrit.com. You can find us anywhere under Uppercut Crits. 
I'm gathering a story together about being poor and having some way of playing video games growing up. So you can see that within the next month. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited about that. And we also have our EGM pieces from our fundraiser that we had. They're queuing up, they're coming out and keep an eye out for them. All these stories are really interesting and something that we really wouldn't see on Uppercut before. Yeah, and it, what if you guys follow Uppercut and you see they're streaming, um, anytime you see Monty streaming Yakuza or any kind of random Monty stream, I highly recommend <laughs> um, <laughs> seeing what might come up because sometimes you'll have an hour and a half of Monty uh, gluing um, uh, uh, googly eyes on, <laughs> on herself. Dude, the sleep-deprived ideas I have, um, like, I, I, oh, my God, I was, I literally texted Kayla, like, hey, if I buy googly eyes, can I stream it? And they were like, yeah, for sure. And I was like, I think 3 a.m. before, I'm like, I want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm like, wait, I can just do that on stream. Uh, um, my, my favorite thing is yesterday was supposed to be, like, a Justin Andrews stream. Mm-hmm. And everybody was talking about how this was, a, like, a, a spinoff date. <laughs> and then it became, it became an Andrew and Cam stream. <laughs> Oh my fucking god! And I'm like, yeah, that's that's how I expected this to turn out. Yeah, <laughs> just you gets know. bored halfway through. <laughs> just, just uppercut things, you know. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, again, Monty, thank you so much for being on this. Nah, man, thank you for inviting me. This was so much fun to talk about. I love shitting on Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and everybody, it's Jesse again, coming back in at the end to plug some of the podcast social media links and give some credits for. Uh, what you hear on the podcast and see on your feed. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Comic Books Pod. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comic books matter. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com at comic books uh, slash comic books matter. Uh, only a dollar tier right now and it just gives me your support but soon we'll have some new content on there for you uh you can reach me by email at comicbooksmatter at gmail.com if you have any questions for guests if you have any stories about comics that impacted you or if you want to be a guest on the show logo by my friend steven he's great has nothing to promote but if you see steven tell him he's great and thanks for the logo the theme is joy in the restaurant by david zazetzi and i found it on freemusicarchive.org Thanks, everybody, and I hope you have a good rest of your weekend.